0: All right, Garrett here. Uh, Thanks for listening in to the Blue Oval Podcast. Before we begin, Uh, Ben and I were talking about the indoor track season a little bit. We were specifically talking about the men's 800 meters, and we happened to be talking about Navaski Anderson. I said during the episode that I wasn't really entirely sure if he had indoor track eligibility, but as it turns out, he does have indoor track eligibility. I was able to confirm he is expected to race this winter. So any comments that you hear about Navaski Anderson in this episode, just know that he is expected to race this season. We'll change a few things for our upcoming preseason coverage, Uh, so just wanted to let everyone know that before we get started. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the episode.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Blue Oval Podcast. I am Ben Weisland. joining me, as always, Garrett Zatlin. How's it going, man?
0: Ben, uh, busy. I was at Eastern Carolina uh, this past weekend seeing my, my guy. Shout out to the ECU team over there. Uh, I was able to meet the whole team. They were uh, very nice guys, um, so shout out to them. But happy to be back after the, I think, collective 10 hours that I was in the car this past weekend. And, and happy to kind of... Uh, Can continue talking more track, uh just with a different face this time.
1: Yeah, you're in my old neck of the woods. Uh uh, was it uh, was it the was the temperature at least decent for you while you were
0: there? Oh my gosh, it's so funny. We get it's like fifty-five when I get there and I'm in my my friend's like a like building. He's in like one of the coaching buildings, his office, and one of the other coaches comes around, she goes oh man, it's cold. I'm like, it's 55. I'm like, what are we doing? So, um, yeah, it was, I thought it was fine. Everyone there is like, this is the Arctic Tundra.
1: Listen, my old boss, when he would come, he, he's from like Miami, he would come up to Charleston. He would be like, whew, it, it's getting in the low 50s. Like, I, I can't do this. It's just, I I like, and now living in Chicago, you living in D.C., like, It's just your body is just in a completely different place living up here.
0: Yeah, frozen heart, frozen soul makes sense that I'm freezing every day. So um, what I am uh, feeling like we're getting a lot of cold energy is from the no one leaving a rating review. We did get one on Spotify, so shout out to that person. Love and respect you. But we got to get Apple Podcasts, right? Ben and I, we think we maybe sort of kind of possibly maybe not have figured out my bike situation. I don't know. I was getting a lot of feedback in the last few episodes. I might have figured that out. I might not have. We'll see. Um, So again, Five Star Writing and Review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We really appreciate it. And again, Hoka. Shout out to Hoka uh, for sponsoring us throughout the month of December. Really appreciate you, Hoka. And Ben, that's all I got for the intro.
1: All right, well, we are going to touch on two different things in this episode. Uh, We're going to talk about the end-of-season awards that we did for D1 on the cross-country side, and then we're going to start with some pro announcements. We saw Ahmed Jaziri decide to turn pro with Under Armour um, joining the Mission Run Baltimore team, and then Brandon Miller turning pro as well to train with Bobby Kersey. And joining a thing Mo, it, that and that group's going to be incredible. Uh, which one do you want to talk about first? Let's start
0: with uh, Brandon Miller because I think he applies most to the upcoming indoor track season mm-hmm. we're about to have.
1: Absolutely. So he would have come in as the favorite in this event. And now this really just opens the door to so many different guys. And it'll be interesting to see. I I mean, I felt like the whole season we were kind of the whole country and and we were keying on what he was going to be doing in the indoor season, outdoor season. And now we there's kind of that that void, so to speak.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because we think Moetza Zahafi's done. we think Navaski anderson's done for the winter season i don't know that for sure Mm -hmm. right and then you kind of look at the guys outside of that group like last last spring it was anderson it was a hoffey and it was miller some combination of that three depending on what part of the season it was in but that was it like that was just that was kind of what you were expecting and now with this indoors track season coming up the 800 meters feels maybe the most wide open it's been in a very long time. Like I can't remember the last time it was just wide open. Like I'm, I'm trying to go through like my, my list here from like last outdoor track season. And I'm trying to figure out like, who who's the favorite here? Are we looking at Jason Gomez? Is it just some other name who I'm completely blanking on? Is it Cade flat? Like the freshman from Ole miss. Uh, I mean, like, I, I mean, this you know, I'm waiting for this article to load up, but I, I don't really know.
1: Yeah. And we've normally seen the 800 be one of the like most contested stellar events in the NCAA. Almost every year we see someone win NCAAs and then go run at the world championships or run at the Olympics. Like it's not unusual to see that. Um, And and now that the quality might have dropped. I mean, who knows somebody might step up and that, that might sound a little foolish, um, but it's really hard to say, does, does Jonathan Jones still have eligibility or is he, he out as well?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think he does. No, no, he does. Have, I'm sorry. He does have eligibility, but I, I think it's a matter of, is he even going to run the 800? Cause I think he's just as good at the 400, if maybe not even better. Um, but if Texas is also like, Hey, we're looking for the team title and we want points. Does it make more sense to put him in the eight?
1: He, he the Brandon Miller decision might have the biggest effect on him. Honestly, like him not being there could push Texas to want to have Jones run the eight hundred.
0: Well, and here's the thing. So I think yeah. So in the spring, he pretty much ran the four hundred meters entirely throughout the spring, except for one. Uh, the Texas relays he ran one forty five and beat Moet Zahafi, but he did finish second at the NCAA indoor championships. So yeah. I, I mean, like it, it can be Jones. It's just a matter of, is he going to run it? And I think after placing second last year, realizing how crazy good he is, and then no one crowding the top, I, I guess it would be Jones, right?
1: And we talk about how chaotic the 800 is as as a reason not to, to maybe run that, or it's it, there's less of a chance of the favorite winning. But the 400 indoors is just like that, if not yeah. more. And so I, if this is outdoor maybe that's an easier that pushes him more towards the 400 but the 400 indoors is pure chaos two different heats like and you you have to get to that inside after the first lap or else you're in trouble like the 800 is almost a piece of cake compared to that
0: yeah. Um, I, I'm not always on the same. I have distantly grown from the the 800 meters is so much more chaotic than everything else narrative. I'm not saying that doesn't hold validity. I'm just saying I just feel like oftentimes the top, top, top names of the 800 meters usually come out on top. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I if I'm Texas, I might be like, hey, Jones – you're going to run the eight. Like there's, there's no reason for him not to, if they want to score points and win titles. Yeah. He should, he should run the eight. So uh, outside of that, it's like, I think Jason Gomez, right? Like I'm, I've been like going through the, like the, uh, the other list of names here. I don't think there's a ton of top, 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 top guys.
1: Uh, I mean, Miller's, teammate old teammate sam whitmarsh maybe um True. sebastian fernandez i'm curious to see what he does at, at like with a little bit more experience yeah sean dolan's a good name um creighton croza does he is he still
0: yeah yeah i thought he might pursue the mile or some kind of dmr combo yeah. so i'm not sure exactly what we would expect from him there but yeah the 800 meters with miller out is it leaves this wide open and again this is assuming and based on our current understanding that moad zahafi is not at texas tech anymore i don't believe davoski anderson has any indoor track eligibility left so this does open it up in a way that i don't think i could remember seeing in quite some time
1: yeah absolutely all right let's move on to amid jaziri who uh the reigning steeplechase uh national champion going to under armor with the mission round baltimore team doesn't impact too much uh, on the indoor side although he he is a very strong 3k guy. He didn't factor in too much last indoor season, but for this outdoor season, it'll be very interesting to see who kind of steps up. It was a fantastic field last, last year, and it should still be a very deep steeplechase field once again. But now you take the reigning NCAA champion out and a few more guys are going to get a crack at it.
0: Yeah. And which excites me because I think both Stokes and Hamilton are deserving of a national title. Um, it just takes one less guy out of it. I don't think Smeaton's back. I think he's done. So um, yeah, I mean, Jaziri's great. Like Jaziri's is super talented. I was surprised he ended up at Mission Run Baltimore. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily where I saw him going, but um, it makes sense to stay on the East Coast-ish. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't really know if this really changes a whole lot. Like, I think there's still some uncertainty at the top of the steeplechase of, like, who's truly the favorite, especially if Kai Robinson or Brian Fay ought to get involved right. in the steeplechase this spring. So I don't know if it really changes a whole lot other than, like, there's just one less title contender.
1: I, I agree. Um, all right, let's move on and talk about end-of-season awards. So we have, what? what is this? I should have done this before. Three, four, five different categories. right. Uh, for the men and women, we're going to start with best freshmen So, if you want to see who we ended up picking as a TSR uh, conglomerate as our uh, award winner, you can go to the site right now. Garrett and I are just going to talk about who we voted for, which in some cases might be the eventual winner, but in many cases we're going to have disagreements about this with our fellow other fellow writers. So, best freshman. Let's start on the men's side. Do you want me to read off some of the nominee not, uh, nominees, or do we just want to talk about who we? Yeah, ranked? let's let's list
0: off the nominees.
1: All right, so we had Isaiah Story of Notre Dame, Fawad Masadi, Victor uh, Kipago, M- Marco Langdon, Asaf Harari, Will Anthony, Colin Solomon, and Riley Ho Hoff um, of Michigan State. So, who did you have out of this group?
0: This is a very tough one, right? Because it depends. What are you looking at? Seasonal resumes? Or are you looking at the one or two performances that were so far above and beyond everyone?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In this case, I win Isaiah Sturry. Um, I think it comes down to him and Saudi. Um, You can make argument maybe for what Marco Langol meant to Villanova, especially in the postseason as he became really good. But it's Sturry and it's Fouad Massaudi. I went with Sturry. I think he was... The problem with Masati is that he only had two races, and only one of them was exceptional, right? Sturry was great year-round, and if a 65th-place finish at the national meet is quote-unquote his worst race of the season, that's a very good problem to have. I think he brought consistent value. He was a borderline low stick at certain times. And um, and I, I just think at some point or another, that consistency as a freshman is super rare, and I think you have to value that.
1: Yeah, and those were the two that I kept going back and forth with. Uh, but I'm going to go with Story as well, um, just because that consistency. Like you said, it, even if what was it the 60th uh, place finish? If that's your bad day, 63rd, yeah. 63rd, like you felt like he was had a great chance of being an All American. His bat his mediocre or bad day wasn't that bad. He was very consistent. Notre Dame could rely on them, and in a way that. Oklahoma State just couldn't with Like No one was expecting him to be an All-American, much less what he ended up doing. Um, And and I think there is a lot of value to just having that predictability. Um, Obviously, Moussoudi reached greater heights than anyone else out of this group. Um, But at the end of the day, Sturry proved to be, I think, more of a foundational piece um, throughout the season.
0: Yeah, and I think why you value someone like him is because like on a Notre Dame team where no one was that consistent other than Carter Solomon, Mm -hmm. right? The fact that a, a true freshman is stepping in and not just providing stability and consistency, but also like pretty strong upper-tier scoring within that lineup. Like, Metherner was not amazing this season. Kevin Barry kind of was shaky at times. Um, you know, we never really saw Jake Renfrey back at his All-American self. Like, there was a lot of names where you just saw a lot of fluctuation. You never really knew what you were going to get, at least in the postseason. And that was really tough if, if you're, like, a Notre Dame team. So for him to at least step in, I think that's what get, – I get it. I can get anyone saying, hey, listen – Twelfth at the national from a Saudi, yeah. like it just it has to trump everything, which I get. But if this is a seasonal resume, I think you have to look there. I liked Marco Langone a lot. I, I thought Langone was really clutch. Thirteenth at Big East, fourth at Mid Atlantic. Um, cons- you know, he gave this team a complete top six. It wasn't just a complete top five with no depth. He gave them the depth that they so desperately needed. I'm very excited for him long term when paired with. Uh, Liam Murphy and with Jack Jennings I think that's a phenomenal pairing and I'd be very excited about that
1: yeah Villanova's future changed I think very dramatically this year you can see the pieces coming together in such a great way which is really exciting Um, Colin Solomon was probably the favorite coming into this year uh, to pick up this award if he was running he just and he did run but we just didn't quite see him at his best um and i don't want to say i told you so on on our preseason rankings but like i i was a little i was a little more cautious with him he was obviously one of the best we've ever seen come from the high school ranks but obviously that that adjustment period coming to nau running at flagstaff training at flagstaff it's a lot and i don't think either of us are down on him long term. Uh, I think we still expect him to turn into a, a very good cross country runner mm-hmm. in the very near uh, to long term future. But this year, it, it looked like he was just kind of getting his legs under him in a way.
0: I still don't think it was a bad ranking or even a wrong ranking. I think in retrospect, like. You just had you had to base what his resume was, right? right. And could you maybe argue low thirties for him? Sure, but like his resume from high school was really not that much dramatically different than what Nico Young had. And yes, Nico Young had the extra semester to get accustomed to altitude, and I think that's actually a very fair point. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't think at the time though, given what his resume was, like that was an unfair ranking. Um, and so, yeah, I, I I will stick by my I'll stick by that decision. I, I don't have a problem arguing with you and guess what i'll probably still argue with again in the summer so
1: i can't wait we're gonna we're gonna do this all over again with the young twins with aaron solomon like it's it, just, we're gonna have we're gonna have a great time
0: yeah i'm um not looking forward to trying to rank aaron solomon
1: oh uh, yeah after the nxn if I, at I, all
0: like it, i just have zero clue
1: to not win a race all year and then win at nxn is is one of the funniest like Bits. It's like, how
0: do you rank him in comparison now to the young brothers? Like, here's you, the thing you can't. I, I think, and, and, well, you, we have to. Like, that's going <laughs> to be our job. Like, do we rank him at all? Like, um, I mean, yeah, I think well, the young
1: brothers still deserve to be ahead. No, and, and they do. They do. Yeah. It just yeah, makes it a lot more complicated. Um, all right. Let's talk about on the women's side nominees for this award Hilda Olomami, Natalie Cook, Jane Buckley, Billa Jokuri. Mia Cochran, Eva, Eva Klingbill, and Riley Stewart. These these names are always pushing my pronunciation yeah, skills. Um, this I think really came down to uh, a two woman race: Olmami or Natalie Cook. They finished sixth and seventh, respectively, at NCAA's. Where did you end up landing on this?
0: I got Hilda. Um, she was just better. And like it, it's not by a whole lot, but it was always by this much every time, right? It was she was six at nationals. Cook was seventh, and Cook Cook won Cowboy Jamboree. But Hilda was top three at Joe Piani, behind two in Shalangat, right? She was, you know, at, at at some smaller meets since then, right? But she was behind. Oh, I think she was third again at SCCs. Do I have that correct? Um, or something close to that? Yes, like- she was third yep so behind Chalain got and Parker Valby, right like it, really the the woman she beat and rounds to her season ending result like it seems about right we did underrank her I think we actually like shout out to the women's team our women's team did a phenomenal job really ranking everyone like you didn't have a ton of movement at the end but Hilda was one we were like oh we probably just whiffed on that and uh maybe it was like her youth and experience but like she just doesn't never had a bad race and I, I think she just has to get the edge
1: yeah, she was awesome, and I I really want to pick Cook. I I think the thing that's holding me back is that Big Twelve fourth place performance, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and, which is ridiculous to say. Like that's like the thing that's holding you back, um, because she only lost to Kaylee McKay, Taylor Rowe and uh, Jeff Curry. Like, but when you're going up against someone who has an immaculate resume in olamami, like I I think that ends up being the the difference and Cook's highs you could maybe argue were slightly higher with the Cowboy Jamboree win but there you can't say that O'Malley wasn't more consistent throughout the whole year
0: and and that's just it like you can maybe say like well the Cowboy Jamboree weight has more regular season weight than anything Hilda did but like you said, the fact that we're like being like, Whoa, she got fourth at big twelves, which is an absurd thing to say. I spe- a true is, freshman, yeah. As a true freshman, right? And it's like she's against Taylor Rowe, McCabe, and like who who else? Gabby Hempman and Jeff Curry, probably. Like
1: yeah, Jeff Curry,
0: yeah. Jeff Curry, I mean, it's like it, it, it's hard, but I think Hilda deserves the edge. Like she was just that much better throughout the season, and that's okay. Like that that you know, that's just kind of how it went.
1: Yeah, and Jeff Curry, I I think had that potential to maybe sneak in and get this award mm-hmm. if she would have had a better national meet, because like we mentioned, she did beat Natalie Cook at Big Twelves. She finished third there, um, won the what was the pre Nats race, uh the Weiss Crockett Invitational was fifteenth at Cowboy Jammer. He seemed to be just getting better and better, but then just kind of hit a wall at NCAA's. She's still, I think, great foundational piece uh, for the Oklahoma State Cowgirls. Anybody else on this list that, that you want to highlight? Really love Mia Cochran this season.
0: Uh, yeah. Maybe so and that's good. my PA bias. It might be. But I just thought she was really good. Like they really needed someone from that young class, either sophomores or the freshmen, to step up. And it was her. Like, and Cochran was elite in high school. And I know we throw around, around the word elite a lot, but Cochran was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, she was really, really good. Um, like twelfth at SECs, fourth at the South Central, and sixty fourth. It's a little bit like Isaiah Story light kind of deal. Um, and I just thought she provided great value for an Arkansas team that really needed a a, a stability kind of like sort of low stick, sort of middle line scorer at that second spot. And I think they got that with Cochran.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to most improved. On the men's side, and this list could have been like 30 names long yeah. this year. Dylan Schubert, Carter Solomon, Shea McAvoy, David Thompson, Creed Thompson, Joey Noakes, Santiago Prosser, Ryan Martins, Ryan Johnson, and Anthony Camariri. I, I mean, I don't know how you parse through these guys because everyone was just so good on this list. They were all around that All American discussion most of the year after most of them, not really even being that quite that close. It was a sensational year for this award. I, who did you land with?
0: I took Solomon. Um, I can tell you that's not the popular pick. Um, I, I, I took Solomon because here, here's my argument: this guy was. Not in this team's top seven. Or if he was in the team's top seven last year, he didn't make it past the ACC championships, where he barely cracked the top seventy. He ran eight oh three for three thousand meters. He ran thirteen fifty two for five thousand meters. Like he was good, but he was never like. It's one thing to be like to make that jump to an All American. It's another thing to make that jump to. I'm gonna outkick excuse me, I'm going to outkick Parker Wolf for the ACC title and then be a top 20 All-American or 18th place might have been an underperformance for him. Like that's insane to my end.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've said this a lot, but I think the jump from good to great is the hardest jump to make in running. Like you can go from being okay to good and being in that maybe All-American discussion, but going from like... It, Being inching your way to that top 10 even from being an All-American before is so impossibly hard. And Carter Solomon made it look easy. I think you had guys like Joey Noakes who who was kind of threatening to do that as well. Um, I think I'm going to go with Dylan Schubert, though, because he kind of did that exact thing. Finished 11th at the national meet. Uh, Didn't have necessarily as many chances uh, to really... Put himself out there the same way that Solomon did. He didn't have the same kind of elite uh, conference meet. His nutty comb performance wasn't great. His jamboree performance wasn't great. But you could see him steadily rising. And to finish eleventh when it mattered the most, I, I I think this. I mean, he was a hundred places better than he was last year, which is just a huge huge accomplishment for the Furman runner.
0: Yeah, and the like. I like Schuper, um, but. And I, th- I think he has like a, an argument to be made here. Um, the the problem with that is that like Solomon wasn't even in his Notre Dame lineup last year, right? Right. And Schubert ran twenty eight fifty two for ten thousand meters on the track, and he was seventeenth at Joe Piani last year, and he was seventieth at Nuttycombe last year, and he was you know one hundred eleventh at nationals, twelfth in the southeast. Like there was at least a basis like for him in order to be like really solid. And when he was 53rd of the Cowboy Jamboree, I just didn't think that the jump that he made was as significant as Solomon's, which is not to say it wasn't significant, to mm-hmm. be very, very clear. And because Solomon's seasonal resume was just... Better. I think it was a little more complete. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and really the only like thing that you could say was that much better about it was just the Joe Piani versus Cowboy Jamboree. And even then it wasn't like that much better, right? um so that that's why i took solomon but i don't totally dislike that the schubert pick i don't think you're the only one who, who took him by the way
1: this is an interesting hypothetical that we'll never know but do you think if carter solomon is on Furman's team he finishes in a similar kind of place at nationals because like carter solomon could have been a very good runner last year but notre dame just had a very complete lineup like i i i'm curious like we we just w- won't ever know but i don't know if he would have been that far off what supert was last year
0: well I, I, and i think that's p- partially fair except the, what i would say is okay fine go back and look at his races from 2021 where he was 69th at accs and he yeah. was 86 at pre nationals which was a, a good race but he was not anything crazy fair. right 54 at joe Piani it was not as nearly as stacked right where he was fifth at the wind throw windrow open right like there's just things like that where i look at that and think i, I don't like i don't know where we're we're suggesting that he was going to be like where schubert was last year right, right. that's and fair. So that, that's why i say that
1: absolutely um i mean looking at the BYU guys and we'll talk about this probably more later in another award, the improvements that we saw from the Thompson brothers from Joey Noakes, I, I mean, just incredible how much better they all got. Um, Santiago Prosser started the season strong, faded a little bit, but had a, a great finish. And, and then you had guys like Ryan, Ryan Martins, Ryan Johnson, just kind of come out of nowhere and, and just be really, really good. Uh, and, and be have great national meets at the same time? Like it, there there isn't a wrong answer on any on this list really
0: no no and i i think you know you look at like ryan martins right like this guy was like just a middle lineup scorer for like a not great nebraska team and now he's like 29th at the national meet never finished outside the top three leading up to the national meet really solid his competition wasn't that great which is why we ultimately kind of ignored him but He runs that, and then I now I know the indoor track doesn't play into this, but just runs thirteen thirty three to win his heat. Like the guy's the real deal, and I, you know, like I said, you know, much like me voting for Carr Solomon or you voting for Dylan Schubert, um, Ryan Martins was not the only guy just picked once, and and so I like I like Martins. I think he's a good pick. I understand it because maybe just quantitatively he might have been the best. but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like Ryan Johnson. You can just go down the list. Yeah, um, Like Shea, like Shane McAvoy, like the dude was basically a non-factor. And then all of a sudden he might be one of the best guys on his own team.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was super consistent this year and was just, I finished 23rd, gave Tulsa that same kind of four-man structure that they love mm-hmm. to have. Um, and they couldn't have done it without him this year. Um, all right, let's move on to the women's. Hopefully this will be a little bit more uh, easy to decide. Elise Stearns, Maya Ramsden. Savannah Rourke, Laura Pellicoro, Yasmin Margini, Samri Dushan, Everlyn Kemboy, Nevada Moreno, and Kelsey Harrington. I think we had this one's a little bit easier to pick. I had Elise Stearns. Did you have the same? I had Elise Stearns. Yes. To talk about from going from good to great, she blew by that. Like she was just rock solid. She was really emblematic of. NAU's women's team as a whole this year she looked so impressive so under control and to finish what was she was she fourth Um, Fourth, yeah yeah. fourth at NCAAs I mean and for her to finish fourth by the end of the season wasn't that crazy to think about and that's how good her regular season was for someone that was certainly not in that like we didn't think of her as a top 10 woman coming into this this year and for her to have built her resume that much by the ncaa meet just shows you what kind of year she had
0: she wasn't even a top 50 name no like like she she wasn't on anyone's radar like she just wasn't um and so for her and it's not just like oh she had one great national meet she was fifth at cowboy jamboree and that was her worst numerical placement of the season which is Faith at Cowboy Jamboree. She was then third at Nutty Comb. And like you think, like, okay, well, but she's kind of new to this level. Let's see what happens when she gets to the national meet. And she still delivers there. Like, it, it's not just, oh, she had one or two really good performances. It's like, no, she's one of the best women in the country from day one and pretty much kept it that way throughout the entirety of the season. It's not just, oh, she jumped up in fitness. It's she jumped up in fitness, took another half step, and then maintained the best control of her, her newfound fitness that I've seen in a very long time. It was one of the most – this was one of the easiest votes to ever make.
1: Yep. it's rare you see someone improve that much in fitness and then immediately be able to translate that at the NCAA meet because it, you see a lot of people improve a lot in the regular season, but then it's a new situation for them to be running in that front group and all of a sudden they just can't, they, they don't handle it great. She never looked out of place in any field that she was in, certainly at NCAAs. Um, and she is, I think, very deserving um, to uh, of our votes. Looking at other, other women, I mean, Nevada Moreno was probably the clutchest uh, person mm-hmm. out of this list, maybe the most valuable runner out of this list for what she did for NC State to get them that national title. Kelsey Harrington coming out of nowhere to finish 17th. Um, I, you had Savannah Rourke, who was just unbelievable for Syracuse all year. I, I mean, there's a lot of other good names on this list as well.
0: Who would have been your second pick?
1: Uh, I think either Rourke or Everlyn Kemboy. I, I, I would have. Yeah, go ahead. She, I think what she did, like she was just very, uh, almost similar to Stern's, just a, a, a level or two down, uh, in terms of the performance and a level or two up from maybe the expectations we had coming into mm-hmm. this year. um, But she was just great all year, 19th at NCAAs, and I don't even think that was necessarily a great performance for her. Um, I I think that Camboy really just moved to a completely different tier in my mind throughout this year.
0: Yeah, I took Rourke only because Kemboy was so good on the track already. Mm -hmm. So I I thought Rourke just deserved it just because there was like there was no precedent for her other than being really good in high school. Right. Right. So I mean, like that was obviously there. But I just think what the what she did this year and what she meant for a Syracuse team that like they they kind of needed that identity. All right. And I think she gave
1: that to them. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to best performance on the men's side. We have Alex Meyer winning the Cowboy Jamboree over Nico Young and Charles Hicks. Kai Robinson winning the Nuttycomb Invitational. Charles Hicks outrunning Nico Young at the NCAA Championships. Victor Kiprop winning at Joe Piani. Carter Solomon outkicking Parker Wolf for the ACC title, and Parker Wolf setting the course record at Paul Short to win. This this one was a little contentious here, and, and we're on opposite sides here. I'll, I'll let you take the floor and explain your vote first.
0: It's Carter Solomon beating Parker Wolf. I don't want to hear anything else about it. it maybe it was the most thrilling performance, but I think it's Absolutely. the best performance. It's sub twenty three, and I you know I hate times on the grass, but sub twenty three the like to outkick Wolf after he passes you, mm-hmm. right to come back and get him again. I think this was like – it was big validation for Solomon who, again, had never been in this position before, had never – other than Nuttycomb, right? But like he's new to this idea that like, hey, I can contend and beat a top 10 name in the country – um, I, I, I just think it was the best performance like just in terms of how he responded, how he overcame the inexperience of being at this level, how he validated himself earlier, the guy he took down to make this happen, the, just how fast it was in general on a Panorama Farms course that, by the way, is not fast at all. I mean, everyone ran really fast, but like it's not fast. So I, I took Solomon for that reason. And I, maybe I'm just a big Solomon fan. I don't know.
1: I I don't think that's a bad vote. Like it was certainly the most interesting race to watch for me. I think second might've been like the Kai Robinson, like the, that last kick was a lot of fun to watch as well. But like the battle with Wolf and Solomon, where they just kept going back and forth, back and forth, the pace was being pushed so heavy, like the entire time. It it, it was like probably one of the more exciting races I've, I've seen in cross country for a while. Uh, But for me, I, I think, the way that Charles Hicks beat Nico young and drew Bosley and, and the way that that race played out for him to get that validation of that first NCAA title. I think that was it. And I mean, maybe we have slightly different definitions of what this award is, but I think that was the best race anybody's run all year. And I, I don't think that anybody ran better throughout the year Than Charles Hicks did at NCAAs. He just put, it was a complete performance. And I I think that's ultimately why it has my. Yeah.
0: I don't totally disagree. Um, In fact, I think you might've actually swayed me. I think you're right. It's maybe the most complete. It's maybe just in terms of like, what is truly the best performance. It's probably the most, it's it's Hicks winning.
1: And and I hate like picking that one because like, I don't want this award to be like, Oh, whoever wins nationals, like that—that shouldn't be this award. But I I just think the way that it was run, where it was gas, gas, gas from the NAU guys and Hicks beat them at their own game. Like, I I think that is so impressive. And and I think if it was just kind of a run of the mill championship win, then I I think you would pick something like Solomon winning or Kai Robinson winning Nuttycombe. I think those were also very good candidates.
0: Yeah, I I just I hate that you're right because I want Solomon to win this, but it you're right. It's probably the best overall win. It just is, and I, I can't dismiss that. So I I understand. Uh, I think Parker Wolf needs a little more credit for his course record at Paul Short. Like it was it Sam Chelanga's record he took down. Yeah, that's I think a, so. that's a big deal. Like that's a big deal. Mayor's win was great. I think we were still trying to figure out the season. I think everyone was still trying to find themselves, right? Um, You know, but that was
1: that was very validated, like that, like of what he did on the track to like come out and beat those guys. Like we were like, "Uh, well, is he number one now? Like, like, and like that was not a conversation we were having before. I mean, and that you can't dismiss that result at all.
0: No, yeah, he put us in a really tough. Whenever a runner can like put us in a tough spot where we're like yelling at each other, yeah, um, I don't know if we were yelling. I was maybe yelling at my screen, um, but whenever someone can do that, that just shows like how good they've really, yeah, how good they've really become. And so I, I've, I've just learned that over over time at TSR, if you make us start arguing about something, <laughs> you're doing something right. Um, so, anyways, uh, do you have anything else that you want to talk about here for best win?
1: No, let's move on to the women's side uh, nominees we have for this. Caitlin Tui winning NCAA in comeback effort. Parker Valby, 64 second margin of victory at Arturo Barrios. Natalie Cook stunning the Cowboy Jamboree field, winning in her college debut. Everlyn Kemboy winning Paul Short six days after placing third at Campboy Jamboree. And they, these are all great as well, but at the end of the day, and, and I hate doing this again but it's Tui winning at NCAAs. Yeah. It would, seeing, I, honestly, I think this would have been... Wh- whatever race we saw Tui and Volby go head-to-head would have won this award. And right. it just happened at NCAAs, and that's why it's the, the best performance.
0: I, I think there's a legitimate argument, though, for Volby's 64-second win and... Considering Natalie, who she beat. Well, can, can, Exactly. That's That's the thing. It's not just like, oh, well, she won by 64 seconds. She won by sixty four seconds over Addie Engel, who was the Big Ten individual champion in a top ten name at the national meet. Am I wrong? Was she was she top ten? I think. Like she was that 10, is yep. that's so unbelievable. Sixty four seconds. Like, do you know the amount of things I could do in sixty four seconds? And and that's who she beat at Addie Engel at at, at Arturo Barrios. The, the thing with Tui, though, and, and I want to give a shout out to Natalie Cook. She's a true freshman. Rims Unbelievable. They're like, yeah, we do she was good, but she's gonna win that Like, she wasn't even doing 30 miles a week yet for training. Like, that's what throws me off and gets me to this level of like, maybe there's an argument to be had. But at the end of the day, much like Charles Hicks, Chuiza Race was the best. It was a course, I think it was a course record, right? Um, it was something or it was, it was absurdly, probably
1: 1927 right. has to be. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, that's insane, right? Like, she she perfectly gauges a serious threat in Parker Valby closes the gap it's like the the most a abo- it might it have been the most perfect cross country in race execution that i have seen in a very long time at least on the women's side and uh, i i think it just deserves a lot of credit uh, to tui and i don't think we can take that away from her
1: no i mean she left herself so much work to do in the last mm-hmm. like 2 or 3k and did it like Mm -hmm. and that over someone who is no slouch like this isn't someone running over their skis like and just pushing at a like pace that would be unreasonable this is Parker Valby who can do this um and and so for tui to beat her the way she did I, i mean one of the most fun and incredible races we have seen in a long long time
0: yeah I agree. Um, yeah, just but I do think Cook and Volby have a I, – I wouldn't argue with anyone who voted for Parker Volby's win or Natalie Cook's win. And just so everyone knows, it was not a unanimous decision. So I'll just say that if you want to check
1: out the site. All right, next up, Best Distance Coach Award. We, on the men's side, had Mike Smith, Dave Smith, Ricardo Santos, Ed Istone, John Hayes, Mick Byrne, Ryan Cole slash Laura Bowerman of Air Force, Lyle Weiss of Montana State, and Pat Tyson, Pat Tyson of Gonzaga. This one, I we might need to talk through this one because I I yeah. keep going back and forth.
0: Um, I think there are two 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 teams, two teams that two names slash sort of. Then you see where I'm going with this. Where I I could have picked. I think it came down to um laura barman slash ryan cole we, we said slash because the distinction on their roster is a little like laura barman is the cross-country associate head coach but i think cole's the director there's some kind of relation there so i just put both yeah i, I just thought so air force basically and then the other is mike smith and i think everyone's like well of course you put mike smith they won the national title but mike smith didn't just win the national title he won a national title for a 3 threepeat in a year where everyone's like, "Are we sure they're gonna win? like they're not gonna win the national title?" And the fact that he rallied his team, they all peaked in the postseason. That that's what really gets me. That's what really makes me say, "Like, I don't know if any other coach would have been able to show this kind of turnaround that Mike Smith did." I just, it's unbelievable.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, he resurrected this team from like. Not only like not being title contenders, but like we weren't, we felt like they should be a podium team, but they weren't even the lock that they have been in, in, on the no. podium in the same way in years past. Talk, talk me out of why I shouldn't like feel strongly about voting for Ed Edystone because like yeah, for little. him to completely revamp the lineup. I mean, obviously you had Casey Klinger, you had Chris and you had Brandon Garnica. Like you, you they had the bones of a really good team uh, and, and some good front runners but the depth that this team had and combined with the inexperience that this team had was incredible I mean and now he set up this BYU team who even if you just take out like if you don't even add much anything to this lineup over the next four years the the guy the younger guys for the next three or four years, Th- that makes a podium team almost every year. It's mm-hmm. just incredible the way that they he has revamped this lineup and made them title contenders and podium contenders all of a sudden for the the next few years just based off of this young group that has come through in such a big way.
0: Well, what's really crazy about the I thing is they can they they entered the national meet and we had seven of their guys in the top forty. Ranked. And it wasn't unreasonable because what there's six of seven that's already- seven of the top fifty-two. Like that that's what blows my mind. And like, they didn't it, win. They didn't even come they, close to winning. They weren't even they got third. Like, which is absurd. Like through they if you want to gauge a team on how good they are through the entire seven of their lineup, no one BYU was B, byu was better, and I stone has an argument to be to be voted here. The problem is is that that's not how cross country works. It's your five best runners on the day. I think Smith deserves it. I also think Air Force deserves it, not just because they beat expectations and they were terrific and yada, 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 right? It's the fact that they did it without Nick Scheller. They did it with uh, like two guys, I think, basically being injured and being taken out. They did it without Sam Gilman being an All American. Yeah. Like it's it's these things that you start going down the list, you're like, and, and their back end. Was phenomenal, like maybe better than some of the back ends of the podium teams that we saw. Like, there's six, seven guys. So, I, I think there's a legitimate argument to say, like, Air Force didn't just make a leap. They made a leap despite like two, three injuries and no one, like, you know, not everyone running to their absolute best. And that's the scary part.
1: Yeah, I mean, you compare them to like John Hayes, what John Hayes did at Wake Forest, which is incredible, but you could see this coming um, right. in a way that you didn't with Air Force. You saw the tools that he had at his disposal, and you could see if they put it together, and they did, and all credit to them for doing it, uh, much like Dave Smith in a lot of ways. You could see, I mean, without besides Masoudi, you could kind of see this possibility out there, um, it, but they, they went and did it. But it just isn't quite as impressive as maybe Air Force, who just can't, flew out of nowhere and finished seventh, and arguably could have been a few spots higher on a different day.
0: Yeah, and not only that, but like you, you really think about it, like Dave Smith, he didn't have Shea Foster. Yeah, and like that—that's didn't have lot, like,
1: Rodriguez for most of the year too. Like
0: have, for a lot of the year, like they just kind of got by, and we were just like, "Yeah, they'll be all right." Like they'll bring back guys and. Like, I don't think there was any guarantee. Like, I don't think there's any guarantee. I, guess I saw, like, a lot of, like, you know, hype and previews leading up to this. It's like, well, uh, Rodriguez could win the national title. I was like, really? Like are we- I are thought we he sure had a better he- chance
1: of finishing, like, 100th than he did of finishing in the top five. Like, right. there was – I, I thought it was crazy, like, the expectations, and yet he still finished eighth. And, like, I, I thought that was one of the best performances of the meet because there – he he hadn't run much like, and he hadn't been all that great when he did run.
0: Yeah. I think he did win a title somewhere. Where did he win the title at? Yeah. So he won the Midwest title, but like, as you and I both know, we do not put much stock into the regional meets and he was fifth at big twelves. So it's like, what am I really supposed to like put into the stock there? So like for, for Smith to be like, I don't have an all American, my other superstar veteran, like I don't, at least from the outside, at least for us, we didn't know what we were going to get out of him. And oh, by the way, I have this Moroccan guy who just happens to be really good out of nowhere, like really, really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, I think you're right. It, it, it's Mike Smith for more of the intangibles of being able to get this team across the line first yet again. Um, but this year, I, I mean, had more candidates than I, I can remember us have really talking about.
0: Real quick before we move on. If Stanford is the team that ties with NAU instead of Oklahoma State, oh. who who are you picking?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think still Mike Smith. Yeah. But I so because I, that would have been still a, a surprise to see Stanford tying with NAU. And I think that would have been an overperformance by NAU and underperformance by Stanford, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, that's fair. Okay. All right, let's move on. Um, I will take over the women's nominees here. So for uh, women's teams and their coaches, Lori Hennis, NC State, Joe Franklin, New Mexico, Will Palmer, Alabama, Dave Smith, Oklahoma State, Dylan Sorensen of North Carolina, who is listed as the women's coach. So we do want to specify that there. Mike Smith, Northern Arizona, Matt Sparks, Notre Dame, Jill Miller, Northwestern, Sarah Mason, Virgo, Ohio State, and Vin Lanana of Virginia. This was much more heavily contested than I thought it was going to be. I had Lori Hennis. It's not just because she won a national title. It's not just because she won her second national title in a row. It's because she won a national title with two of the top three All-Americans, didn't have Shaw, didn't have Seymour as a scorer, didn't have Stalloper at the end of the season, um, had a redshirt freshman as their fifth scorer on multiple occasions, or at least fourth or fifth scorer on multiple occasions. And when Nevada Marina... Re- when Nevada Moreno needed to have the season of her life and the races of her life at Nuttycomb and at uh, Nationals, she did. And I think it's, it's easy to be like, well, NC State should have won it, of course. But I think what Lori Hennis did despite these challenges, despite tying with New Mexico uh, earlier in the season, despite getting a scare from Notre Dame, to still not have everyone run at their best and beat New Mexico by 26 points who had five All-Americans at the National meet, in my opinion, that deserves her for this award.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, what she did to be able to pull this team through, um, even though they weren't quite as dominant as we expected coming in, I, I think is admirable. I think the other person that you could have given this uh, award to is Will Palmer who uh, with Alabama, who I, I think just real everybody was better than expected outside of maybe Mercy Chalane got like Throughout the year, Amaris Tanismo was great again. We talked about Hila Olamamami. It was really, really good. Flamina Azicol, fantastic. I mean, their top four was as good, or I think better, than we really could have realistically expected. I mean, for Chalangat to be your fourth runner at 16th is wild. Um, and I, I don't, I mean, obviously they needed a little bit better of a fifth runner, but i think he did about as much as you could with this this lineup and i think you can say the same about like guys like mike smith and dave smith uh and really dave smith this was the award this award was begging for you to win like on the home course what if the women's side would have run a little bit better i think they could have won this title i think we talked about this in our instant reaction podcast but at the end of the day i i you can't take away from what Henness did, winning by 26 points, beating a team that had five All-Americans, despite not having her probably best seven that she would have expected. It's hard to argue with that.
0: I, I, don't, I don't think there's like I think there's an argument for Dave Smith. It's, mm-hmm. it's more yeah. because it's not like, yes, Taylor Rowe is great. Gabby Hepburn was good, right? It's the fact that they brought in Natalie Cook. She's still running, you know, 30, what, 32 miles a week now, something like that. Like, it's something ridiculous. And she's running as well as she does. They bring in Billup Tripcuri, who no one knows about except us, actually. Um, And we're like, hey, the whole, like, off-season, we're like, does anyone see, does anyone else see this Kenyan here? Like, she's running 411 um, for 1,500 meters. I feel like we were the only ones freaking out about her. And so for them to do that – And to not have Taylor Summers at her absolute best, and not to even have Molly Bourne, period. To have a 400 meter hurdler in Gabija Galvadite to be one of your back end runners, like in the top 80 of the national meet. Yeah. I think there is a little bit of an argument for Dave Smith. I don't know if he's the favorite, obviously, there, but I think, you know, like Mike Smith, the women, like everyone on that Northern Arizona team so good. shattered expectations everyone except except maybe Taryn o'neill <laughs> except for the Terran
1: person we had we had the most confidence in coming into this year <laughs> which is wild
0: um so I, I i love like everyone on this list like everyone and it's really hard to pick um but I, that's why i'm giving it to hennis because at the end of the day she won the title with far fewer resources than we thought
1: yep i i agree all right, let's wrap it up with our most valuable runner on the men's side. We had Charles Hicks, Nico Young, Alex Mayer, Kai Robinson, Drew Bosley, and Victor Kiprop. I think at the end of the day, this is a, a fairly easy decision for us, right? It,
0: it is. Um, what I will say is, and as you guys can hear the the sirens in, in the background, I think this is like everyone rushing to the collective heart attack I'm about to say. But you could argue that Hicks was maybe not the most valuable runner throughout the entirety of the season. He never had a win until the national meet, and I I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> like that that's the thing. It's like, well, what does that mean about like Nico Young's season? Like Mayor got him at Cowboy Jamboree, but should then we just like I think it's a combination of. Who just had the better national meet? Because they were all basically tied at some point or another. And, you know, I I, I voted Hicks, but I don't think he was as like comfortable to pick as maybe other people were saying.
1: I think Mayor is the only other one that you really yeah. could have said. Um, fifth place at nationals. One, that Cowboy Jamboree had a very good argument to be the the winner of this award going in to nationals um and i think hicks just being very steady throughout the year and then capitalizing when it mattered the most ultimately wins him the award but there was no one that you went into nationals thinking that they had clinched this award already which i I think made nationals kind of the tiebreaker in a lot of ways
0: no so if mayor finishes second
1: i think it's a lot more of a conversation yeah yeah, I think Just, a like, like we're not like
0: we're not even talking about Nico Young, who was second at Nuttycombe and second at Nationals. Which you put that together between yeah. Hicks and what everyone else, that's the better collective performance, right? Yeah, that's that's what's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he it, it's crazy because with all the hype, like whenever he doesn't win, it feels kind of like a a letdown. But like he has lived up to all reasonable expectations of him. He's been consistent. And just great. He just hasn't had that like career-defining win yet. I I think
0: we will learn a lot. I think a lot of people and even me, understandably, was like, "Yo, when are you going to win the national title after this fall?" I I think maybe those questions become a little more valid after the spring, where I believe. Yeah. And this is just a hunch. I have no like understanding of this, but I believe he could move up to the ten k. And he when should. he does – oh, he should. That's what I'm saying. He should move up to the 10K, and if he does, and assuming that he will, I think he can win the national title there. Mm-hmm. And if he does, then we we don't have to have this argument anymore. But we'll see what happens. So I'll leave it at that.
1: On the women's side, Caitlin Toohey, Parker Volby, Kelsey Camille, Elise Stearns, Bailey Hertenstein, Hilda Olomami, Natalie Cook, and Mercy Chalangot. This one's about as cut and dry as you could. There was two women who came into the nationals with uh, the chance of this award and Tui ended up winning nationals and and this, this has to be her award this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Do we have to have this conversation? No,
1: this is easy. Okay. All
0: right, cool. Sorry. Sorry if anyone really wanted us to dive into (laughs) that one, but just gonna, just, we're just not going to have that conversation right now. So, All
1: all right, Yeah, let's let let's wrap it there. Those were all of the awards. Make sure you check the site to see who ended up winning those based off our TSR votes. Um but yeah, we had that's kind of a I guess our final wrap on the cross country season mm-hmm. um from this past fall. We will be looking more into indoor meets as as we slowly start going. And then obviously we probably won't see a whole lot uh until January and everybody's back from break. But We're excited. We got a lot of things going on with the site. I don't know if you have anything you want to tease going ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I, you know, December, I think everyone's like, well, you guys slow down, end of season, the holidays. I'm like, ah, (laughs) like, it's the most diverse content we ever get because we get cross country end of season awards, wrap up for cross country. We get, um, oh gosh, what was it? We get BU, right? We get to do our indoor track preseason rankings. Then. At the end of the month and into the new year, we get to do freshman class rankings. So the current freshman for this year, we rank those classes and transfers. We got more transfers. So, excuse me, watch out for the site on that. we got a whole lot more coming there. We've got news on the site. We've got rankings and the season, like it's all coming. Like December's a really, really fun month for us. And uh, I, I just think everyone's going to really enjoy it. So go check out the site.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I think there's going to be a lot of arguments had in the next few weeks, so yeah. that, that'll be fun.
0: <laughs> I, I can tell you that you and the, with the conversations we've already had just on this podcast, I, I already know that this is going to be a very contentious list. I'm excited to see what Mara and, and maybe even Scotty are able to produce on the women's side here before we,
1: we jump. The, the indoor rankings are going are gonna to be a battle. We're, we're going to go.
0: We're going to get a lot of people angry at us.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we're going to be yeah. get angry at each other probably, so. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I'll be like, mom, not now. I know <laughs> I snow. <smell> like...
1: <laughs> so. All right. Shout well, out to mom. yeah, let's wrap it there. Shout out to Hoka um, for, for partnering with us and uh, Wyatt Barnsley for producing. Um, but until next week, Garrett, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you.